Welcome to the business and financial advice show, Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. Brought to you by Mega, the monthly entrepreneur growth academy. Your very own group of professional peers offering instant tips, training, and business networking. Learn how to have more time and increase your income by joining Mega today. And now, here's your host of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, Nancy Becker. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, where we talk with business owners, for business owners, about tools, strategies, and processes that they use in their everyday business to move them ahead more successfully, creating efficiencies and effectiveness to help them become successful. Today, we're talking with Neela Donato. She's a brand designer, artist, writer, and educator from Croatia with over 15 years of professional design experience. She's the owner of a boutique branding and design consultancy, Neela Donato Art and Design, that helps experienced service-based businesses impress and connect with their dream clients. She also is the author of the book. Ah, I can't read it. What's the name of your book, Neela? <laughs> it's The Human-Centered Brand. Human-Centered Brand. And it's a practical guide that teaches service-based business owners and creatives how to create an authentic brand and grow meaningful relationships with their clients. Neela teaches design as a course instructor, leads in-person workshops, speaks at international conferences, and writes articles on design, marketing, business, and creativity. I'm sorry about that. The name of your book was grayed out, and I couldn't read it. <laughs> but welcome, Neela. I'm happy to have you on today. Thank you, Nancy, and I'm happy to be here. Tell me a little bit about how you got started. Uh, I got started pretty early on. So as a kid in elementary school, I was always very interested in computers. So I started, you know, just playing on the computer, tr trying out random software, etc. And then in high school, which was in early 2000, some, something like that, I started learning more about Photoshop. Uh, back then, there were also a micro Macromedia software like Dreamweaver and stuff and I started learning how to design websites and also other graphics like you know wallpapers uh, avatars and whatever kids those days did you know the live journal was pretty uh, popular so there was there was a big community of teenagers who were very much into graphics so that was a very fun time to be you know online connecting with uh, people all over the world which were mostly teenage girls but there were there were some guys as well uh, and by the time I got into university I already had my first uh, client inquiry there was yeah there was a colleague and uh, an older colleague in the university who had a side business and he said oh you know how to make websites would you do one for my business? And I'm like, yeah, great. Uh, so that was how I got my first paid job. And after that, soon after that, I started freelancing regularly alongside my studies until one day when I realized that I would rather do the design thing than keep studying and, and becoming an engineer. 
And then I quit university and got a job, full-time job uh, at an agency where I kept working as a designer. And that's how I got started. <laughs> that's great. And, you know, I, I think, and this is not to say don't go to college, guys, but <laughs> I, I went to college as an undergraduate. I got a master's degree. I got, got a doctorate. And I'm not using any of it, not, you know, per se in, in what I do. I don't use any of my, edu my college education, but yet I use my education every day in what we do. And so, you know, I, I think that's really interesting that it sometimes takes us doing something we don't particularly decide we want to do to help us figure out what it is we really want to do. So congratulations on that. Thank We're you start out, I think, talking in more generalities and, and throughout the conversation, we'll get down to the, the really in-depth part of it. But let's start out by talking about something that every business needs somewhere along the line, and that's a brand. What is a brand? Is it my business card? I have a business card, so that's my brand. Is it something that I need to have the day I open my doors. Tell us what is a brand and what we need to know about it. Yeah, a brand is uh, simply put in simple words, uh, the perception that your clients and your audience have about your business. So it's something that stands in between you and the audience. And it's something that you project through all the things that you do. So it can be a part of it is your business card, your website, your logo, your profile photos, etc. But it's also the way you communicate, uh, everything that you put out in the world, and even the way you act. So your actions are also influencing your brand. And then this gets kind of filtered out uh, in the media, and people also take uh, project onto your brand what they feel. So sometimes a brand is really about an emotional impression that you leave on a certain person and then they kind of relay that onto someone else like uh, their family or their colleagues when they recommend you, you know, they tell stories about you so brand is something that is really evolving all the time it's not static and you can't control it fu fully which is you know sometimes you know, we feel kind of uh, okay it's bad that I can't control it but it's also good because it means it's very organic it's very authentic it's something that we co-create with our audience and our clients. And regarding the question, do we need it right away? Uh, in the beginning, when our kind of media footprint is really small, then our brand is also going to be really small. It's going to be simply uh, who we are as a person, the way we talk to our associates, the way we talk to our clients. And then as we kind of get clear on what makes our work really special, what makes us different from other people who uh, do the similar work that we do. Uh, we focus on really key uh, values and key differentiating factors that make us special. And that's when you start to communicate more mindfully, when you start paying more attention to how you speak, what you write online, and how you portray, you know, what you post on social media, the visuals you post, etc. So uh, maybe it will take people some time to figure that out. Uh, there are some businesses that go out with a professional brand on day one because they think that it's really important and, and they don't want to kind of 
anyone to see the messy middle. They really want to put out a really perfect impression. But there are business owners who take, uh, I would say, about two to three years to hone in on who they really want to serve and how and to kind of evolve their services or products to a point where they're really sure about them, where they're sure how they want to proceed. And that's when they say, okay, now that I know what this is all about, what my business is all about, I can make a brand that is more intentional. But people and, and businesses do have a brand one way or another, whether they intend to have it or not, because it just happens in this interaction with people. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it really depends on our priorities and of course our budget, whether you're going to do something on your own or you're going to hire someone to help you do that. So it, it can look in a million of different ways. There I mean, there is no just one perfect way to do it. It really depends on your situation and uh, what you really, how you want to be perceived in the world. Yeah, uh, you brought up a couple of points that I was going to um, ask you about. So that's great. I think we're on the same page here. But, you know, I'm going back and I'm thinking about my own brand. And I have, for as long as I can remember, I've had flying pigs. And... Um, for a while, I had people saying, oh, that's not professional and you can't do that. And, you know, that makes you look bad and, and it doesn't show that you really are a good business. So I took it down and I just, I knew that that was not the right thing to do, you know, because that was so much of me and so much of what I stand for with my branding, because I totally believe that number one, if we're not having fun, you know, you, you might as well go get a job. You have to, even though it's work, you have to have fun doing it. And secondly, for so many businesses, they'll just sit around waiting for things to happen. And it doesn't happen at that point. So if you sit around waiting for pigs to fly, you're not going to get your business off the ground, you know. So that really resonates with me. And I think if somebody doesn't like my flying pigs, then they're not the right client for me and I'm not the right consultant for them. And so it, it helps, I think, um, pull the right people together. Yeah, I absolutely agree. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, goodness. There we go. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it, um, you have to find your ideal client. And, and I think part of that is showing your authentic self. And when you show your brand, people either say, that's the person that I want to work with, or they don't. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that is exactly how I approach branding and also my own and my clients. And I think that uh, it is common when you have a really strong brand, when you have a really, as you, you had a very strong visual and a very strong name. So the name is referencing uh, a common saying that everyone uh, already knows. So it's kind of referenced, uh, references something that people are already have in their mind. So I think it, it's a very, very strong pull both of the verbal and the visual brand. But what inevitably happens when you have something that is so strong is that there are going to be people who are going to say, oh yeah, that's not too professional. Maybe you should tone that down. That happens to everyone who has something that is very, very either unusual or very polarizing. And in my book, polarizing is great. So 
I always recommend people uh, that if they want to stand out, if they want to attract uh, an audience that is really the right audience for them, they can't afford to be just, you know, mild, to be like, yeah, wishy-washy. You have to really own your, uh, your true nature. Um, I mean, that's also great for you because then you ha don't have to pretend. You don't have to be someone you're not. It's much easier to just come out and talk the way you normally talk and just make connections um, to people the way you do in personal life. Because for me, I don't make a very big distinction between meeting people in business and meeting people in a personal life. Because in both cases, you want there to be some kind of a chemistry. To, we want there to be a fit. You want communication to be smooth. And you want both parties to have an interest to get value from that relationship. So it is a really, really careful fit. And most people in the world are not going to be perfect either as a client or as a personal friend or as a mate or, and you know, you, you don't, you're not designed to fit with everyone yeah. and neither yeah. are, are other people. So in my case, I mean, it's great that you turned around and realized what, what your very, very strong visual was and that you're still using it because yeah, I mean, what a waste would it be if you, if you just uh, decided not to, not to, use that anymore because I mean for me uh, when when people complain uh, but not like everyone just few people complain then it must mean that you're doing something right because you're pushing away the people who are not meant to be your right clients anyway and if no one is complaining about anything if like everyone is yeah yeah that's great then maybe you're not trying <laughs> hard enough maybe you're not letting yourself be uh, authentic enough and free enough and honest enough maybe you're still holding yourself back yeah absolutely and uh, you know that that goes into one of the topics that I seem to talk with people about all the time and that's really going on to the ideal client and why we really don't want to have everyone saying that's great you know we want to have somebody who says I don't like that and you can say good fine you know, let me see if I can find somebody else to work with you, you know, that kind of a thing, because if we tried to please everyone, how crazy would we go? <laughs> you know, we would just be nuts trying to please everyone. You're listening to the Business and Financial Advice Show. Don't wait till pigs fly with your host, Nancy Becker. There's lots more to come. Nancy and her guest will be right back. Are you a small business owner wondering about your next step for growth and success? What if you had your own dynamic group of professional peers, a group that supports your business with fresh new ideas, beneficial training, accountability, and more? Mega, the Monthly Entrepreneur Growth Academy, is a professional peer advisory group dedicated to supporting fellow business owners. Learn about processes and strategies that will get you more time and money. When I first joined the Mega Group, I was struggling in a business that wasn't right for me. Now, I own a local business where I live out my passion every day. Last year, the revenue of my business tripled and we are on track to hit even bigger goals this year. The accountability and feedback of the Mega Group have been invaluable. 
The Mega Group can help you focus on the right things and start building momentum. Join the Mega Group today at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. Do you feel frustrated, disconnected, or unfulfilled in your relationship? If you said yes, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Anza Goodbar, intimacy coach and sex educator. Nearly 70% of all couples in the U.S. claim to be dissatisfied with their relationship. But the good news is, you don't have to be. If you're ready to open your heart to feel more connected to life, yourself, and your partner, join me and five couples at the Intrinsically Intimate Couples Retreat in Barbados. You can find out more details at www.anzagoodbar.com backslash retreats. They're big, they're shy, they're invisible, and they fly. They're always late, they never arrive. Don't wait till pigs fly. Get your business momentum in action. Let's rejoin our host of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, Nancy Becker. Let's take that a little bit further. We were talking about presentation, we were talking about professionalism. Why is it so important? Okay, so I've got people saying that flying pigs is not professional. Why do I want to be known as someone professional through my branding? Yeah. Uh, well, professional is a really, really loaded word because people have different uh they, they assign different meanings to that. So someone, when they think about the word professional, they imagine someone who wears a suit and a tie uh, and a briefcase uh, and is, you know, has a typical visual in their mind when someone is a professional. Uh, another person may think, oh, someone who is very skilled, someone who has been doing this for a very long time and knows the ins and outs, and they will not leave me stranded. They know how to do their job. So you may think someone who is very skilled, like a a doctor, a car mechanic, a lawyer, you know, a hairdresser, or any profession is, you know, when they really have what it takes to do, do that well. And then, uh, so we see that we have uh, these two kind of aspects. It's a uh, professional presentation and professional action. And sometimes, you know, back in the day, people used to believe that you have to wear a certain attire in order to conform to your view of professionalism. So, you know, when you have commercials about some, I don't know, toothpaste or some kind of a supplement and so on, you're going to have people in, in like white coats telling you about all these things because doctors know best. So they're, when you see a person in a lab coat, oh, that's a scientist or, or a medical doctor. So they must know what they're saying. It's like the subconscious cultural thing. When you see a certain, a certain like outfit or hairstyle and, or even glasses, which is funny, we both wear glasses, but uh, uh, people who, when they see someone wearing glasses, it automatically tells them, oh, this person is very bookish, very smart. You know, they, they read a lot because sometimes that is the reason why we wear them because we were, we were spend, <laughs> spend a lot of time reading as kids. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, but now in the modern world, we're more kind of trying to find people who are like us. We see that, you know, sometimes when you're looking for a doctor, you want to see someone who looks as a human, who you can talk to, like on a more, I I'm not going to say like equal level, but at least 
they're not going to be like coming uh, at you from a very top down, like, oh, I know everything and you know nothing. Because, I mean, you know your body <laughs> and they're the ones who tell, who to give you like an impartial view and to give you a lab test, etc. So even in, in business consulting, uh, people are looking for someone who really understands who they are because we all feel a little weird, to be honest. Every one of us feels like, oh, but I'm like, I'm not like other people. I'm a bit weirder. Yeah, and who really understands me as a person like if I come to someone if I come to a lawyer if I come to someone who I want them to help me professionally do they really understand me and the issues that I'm having so sometimes showing this humanity which on on the surface may someone may see it as unprofessional but it's really showing that you are, are an actual person who also has their own issues who also has uh, had to overcome their own challenges and you say look you know what I'm I know what I'm saying I have a lot of experience but I'm not all like suit and tie and briefcase uh, and hair pulled back I have a very human side and also I'm having fun in my business and I really love my work and this is what shows through when you show a sense of humor in your work or when you show a bit of playfulness in your work uh, it's, I mean, even for someone who deals with, you know, serious stuff, like doctors and lawyers always come to mind for like serious issues. Even they, I mean, you don't want someone who is like super somber and who's going to tell you everything in a really, really serious tone. I mean, some of my favorite medical professionals were people who approached me with a sense of humor so that I could, they diffuse the situation a bit. And, and then I thought, oh, it's not so bad. Like if they if they can kind of joke around, then this means it's it's not fatal. <laughs> so in some ways, you know, we want this more human connection with people that are that we ask help from, and it is sometimes great to tone down that. I mean, professionalism, yes, in our skill, in our approach, in our process, this has to be like really, really mindful and intentional and thought through but when it comes to our communication it doesn't have to be super dry and uh, as everyone expects sometimes you can like kind of break those expectations and it will be, make people like you even more yeah let me take that one step farther because I'm from the older generation and when and I also, I lived in Washington, D.C. for many years. And, you know, if you'd go to a business meeting, if you would go to a networking event, you would dress up. You would have a suit on or you would have a dress or, you know, at least a, a nice pair of pants and a, and a jacket or something. That's what I grew up in business seeing and knowing as the right way to be professionally when you were out for business. Moving back to the Midwest, I now go to networking events and I see women wearing blue jeans. And, you know, sometimes they even have the, the fancy, expensive blue jeans with all holes in them. <laughs> and I'm going, that's not professional, you know? You need, and I find myself not wanting to talk to them because I don't feel like they are professional. And that's a perception on my side of the fence that probably needs to be 
reevaluated and looked at. But I think that in general, we, we do need to show some level of, I take this seriously. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking about. And I am worthy of having you buy my services and my products. And, you know, I just think that's really important, but maybe it's okay to wear blue jeans. What do you think about that? (laughs) Uh, So I think that for different occasions, uh, you can kind of adapt your style. So for example, if you're going to a business conference or a business networking event where you expect that people are going to be more on the formal side of things, then yeah, I wouldn't exactly recommend the jeans with holes in them. Uh, You know, maybe something like maybe jeans with, uh, I don't know, really nice heels or flats and and a blouse on top. So you kind of have something in between. I mean, I don't mind jeans at all, but it's also, it can be kind of combined with a lot of different tops and shoes to make them look more elegant or less elegant, depending on whether you're going for drinks with your friends or whether you're going to a meeting with a client. Uh, And also, if you're meeting someone in a really more informal fashion, if you're just trying to go for a coffee with a potential client to establish a fit, maybe both of you are going to be more casual uh, because this is kind of more, I don't know, more of a casual uh, occasion. So, I think that all of us kind of need a, a range of clothing in our closet so we can accommodate to different uh, different situations uh, because yeah, absolutely that certain first impression really does matter. And especially if you're a person whoever goes on stage who speaks in front of an audience, then you are expected to dress up from what people in the audience is going to be dressed as. or you know if you're talking to a group of peers, there is a certain level of, you know, what, what is expected, but also the, uh, in different, um, so for example, I'm in a creative industry and creative industry is kind of known for breaking the rules. Uh, so I'm, if, if I'm presenting as a designer, I'm kind of half expected to be dressed in something a little unconventional, uh, as opposed to someone who is a lawyer where, uh, they're, Lawyers are quite mandated to wear certain types of clothing in a courtroom. Others, otherwise, they'd be like held in contempt of court. So, it's uh, some professions have very strict expectations of what you need to wear. But the, still, if you're like going to record a video uh, for your blog or your YouTube channel, maybe you want to be seen as a lawyer who is like wearing more casual stuff in their off time because uh, you want to create this perception like, yeah, I'm not just my suit. I'm also a normal person and I empathize with your situation and I want to really genuinely help you get through that, not just hiding behind, you know, my jacket or as a medical professional, like they hide behind a lab coat or scrubs. So sometimes, you know, um, it, it depends on the situation, of course. And if you're in this kind of more businessy setting, then dressing up is certainly better than dressing down, but that looks different for different people. So when I think of dressing up, uh, that looks completely different from what some, you know, a lawyer or, or a doctor would wear simply because I come from a different group of people where I'm used to different things. Yeah. Well, and I think that brings on the, the next question, which is about authenticity. 
and you know it you would not i'm guessing you would not feel like your authentic self and be able to be the best that you could be with a potential client if you're wearing a lab coat <laughs> yeah yeah a lab coat would be pretty inappropriate for what i do <laughs> yeah uh, but even a suit i mean you wouldn't caught me dead wearing brown because brown is just not my color which doesn't mean that i wouldn't wear something elegant but uh it it really you need to feel good in in the clothes that you wear and sometimes it takes a little testing to see what fits sometimes we need to kind of just get out of our comfort zone and try out something that we maybe didn't even think that we would ever enjoy wearing but that 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 you see yourself in it you're like oh yeah this really suits me and I really like the way I appear in this style. So I think this uh, personal style and presenting yourself for photo photography and for videos is something that is also a journey to getting to know yourself because sometimes we're just used to something, you know, sometimes maybe just used to wearing jeans and, and just, you know, white blouses and they never tried anything else. They never tried any other, other flash of color. And maybe they just haven't found their color yet. And sometimes when you find the thing, it's, it's a feeling. It's something that you, it's hard to explain in words. You just look at yourself or you look at your, if, if it's something you're creating for your, like your website or your brochures or anything, you look at it and you just feel the sense of rightness. And when you feel that it is right and nothing that anyone else says can deter you because you know in your bones that this is right. I mean, of course, it doesn't feel great when other people criticize you, but you will shake it off the next day and you'll just be back to, okay, I know why I'm doing this. This, this makes sense for me. And I feel really honest with myself and anything less would feel like I'm pretending and I don't want to do that. Well, and that goes back to my using flying pigs. You know, the whole time I wasn't doing it, it felt like something was missing. And now I don't care if you tell me that's not professional, you shouldn't do that. Those flying pigs are there to stay, <laughs> you know, because it feels right. And we're talking about authenticity, we're talking about professionalism when it has to do with clothing. But it goes so far beyond clothing, it's in our words, it's in everything we do right yeah of course it's all it's all connected so that's why it's super hard to explain what a brand is because it permeates every aspect of your business like it's in your emails it's in your social media channels it's in uh, even in those little snippets of messages that go out when someone books an appointment or an autoresponder when someone signs up to your list like it's all the different details and it's in the little visuals, it's in the things where you kind of go the extra mile, where you show that this is not just, you know, you going through the motions, you're actually putting some intention into everything that you put out there. And I think this is what is missing from a lot of people's uh, brand is this, this intentional uh, touch that, that you, you just touch every little thing that you put out in the world and see, you know, evaluate, okay, is this right? Does this feel like me? Does this feel like I want people to see me? And if the answer is no, then this is something that you need to change. But of course, when we're so overwhelmed with a lot of things to do, uh, 
we can't be perfect. Like thing, things are never perfect. And even I who do this professionally, I still have like things to fix. I have a list of things to go through and to fix over time. Uh, but it's just a matter of paying attention and doing bit by bit, you know, tweaking something on your website today, something on your newsletter tomorrow, something on your Facebook feed the day after that and so on until you get to a point where you're really satisfied with how things are. There's room for improvement, of course, but you you know that you can do this and that people who are gathering around your media channels and even in person are getting the right message. They're getting the right impression. What does business success look like to you? What does business success feel like to you? What stands between you and that feeling? Business success is all about momentum. Mega, the monthly entrepreneur growth academy will help you focus on the right things and start building that momentum. The Mega Group is a network of dedicated professionals. They provide focused training and excellent support as only a personal advisory group can. Learn tips, strategies, and valuable insights to unleash your productivity. Isn't it time to stop spinning your wheels? Go to don'twaittillpigsfly.com and join the mega group today. Radio and podcast shows are the fastest growing media of the decade. The better the sound, the better the impact you will have with your listeners. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm a producer editor for radio and podcasts. If you have your own podcast, I can help with editing, improved audio quality, your own theme music, and intros and outros. Would you like a commercial for your small business? Connect with me for a sound approach to your podcasts and commercials. My email is scott at worldwithinreach.com. Scott at worldwithinreach.com. Let's rejoin our host of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, Nancy Becker. I've been rewriting and and tweaking my website now for a few months because I'll have somebody look at it. I I had an audit done on it not all that long ago. And the person doing the audit says, whose website is this? I don't see one bit of you in it. You know, the words that were there that had been written were not my words. They were things I would not have said in a million years. And, you know, it's just, if they hired a person based off of what that website was saying, and they got me, <laughs> you know, it, who, who is this that I'm talking to? Where's the, where's the person that this website's about? Because I'm I'm very informal, you know. I'm not going to send out an email that says "Good afternoon, sir." I'm going to say, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> you know, there's a big difference. And I think you really need to be careful when you do things like create your website, send out emails, put your profile up on on Facebook and LinkedIn, because you want to be the person that you are so that the people that want you know what they're getting. Yeah. I think that 
common reason why people this happens to a lot of people you're not um, you're this is not a rare occasion but usually what happens is that people look at other people's websites they look at what what is going on in the marketplace and especially if you're looking at people who are like more prominent who have been doing it for a long time or maybe a big agency that we kind of all aspire to something of that level but we're not there yet and then as you observe things, you kind of pick things up unconsciously, and then it comes out through when you're writing copy for your website or for your brochure or for your newsletter. It just comes out because that was the last thing that you read. Maybe it's business literature. Maybe you're reading some really, really great, valuable books, but then you start speaking like the writers of those books, and that's not the way you should be speaking because your audience is not their audience and this is where we you kind of I think it's really uh, helpful to kind of wean yourself a bit off of other people's writing other people's videos for a bit like do a little cleanse just turn other people's voices off for a while and just start writing journaling doing some kind of connection with your own voice maybe just walking in the woods and recording yourself on your phone as you're talking about something that is really you're passionate about your craft and then re, uh, listen to that again and listen, oh, these are my words. This is how I express myself. Because saying things out loud is the most authentic form of, of self-expression. And then as we write, we also censor ourselves a bit or we kind of overthink. Uh, so have that channel from verbal to, you know, to written, get, get that clear, get that as similar as possible. That's really helpful. And I think those you know journaling exercises and just kind of, is pausing from reading other people's con content uh, helps in getting your authentic voice come through. That actually moves us beautifully into the next section that I want to talk about when we're when you're talking about journaling and, and writing down the things like that. Let's look a little bit at the behind the scenes day to day of Neela Donato's business. What are the kinds of tools and processes that you use on a regular basis to help you with your own organization and productivity and authenticness to get your business out there to the world? Yeah, I have uh, a range of tools, uh, a couple of them which are really important. I, I could not do my work without them. So first, this is Google Drive that houses all of my business documents. So I have spreadsheets and documents and blog post drafts and uh, talk outlines and uh, everything that I think. I put it there because I can type it on my phone when I'm like just commuting or just out there in the world. And I'm like, I get an idea, I'm going to type it. And it's going to be saved there and then I can access it and edit it later and I also use it to kind of share files with my clients. So it's very, very um, useful for a digital business. And my business is international. So I work with clients from all over the world. So sharing files with them is really critical for me. Uh, the other tool that I use is Trello and that's a project management tool. And this is sort of the tool where I organize things and I organize tasks I organize my own internal processes like the marketing that I have to do anything that I have to do in my business 
uh, like any kind of upgrades in my business that I'm working on, uh, anything that has to do with my website, like reminders to do to update certain dates or anything I have at all there, uh, any seasonal or yearly tasks, uh, all the, you know, tasks. Uh, taxes <laughs> and all the stuff that we have to do, it's all there. And I have a reminder when I have to do that. But I also use Trello with my clients. When we work on projects together and the type of work I do is a project that lasts from anywhere to, from a month to two or three months, depending on what they need uh, to have done. Uh, I have like a joint collaborative board. And this is why I love Trello so much is because you can collaborate with other people and then you have your tasks and, and the client has their tasks and you have a common tasks together. Everything has a due date. Uh, there's checklists, there are attachments, like there's so much functionality that makes things easier. So you don't have to be in your email all the time. And this is, this has transformed the way I do business. I no longer have to be in my email every minute. I have I have email time when I check email and respond to email. And then I have work time when I check my Trello lists, when I check what's due and when and where I directly communicate with clients regarding their project. And then there's no more, oh, I lost the file that you sent me. Where is it? It's all there. It's all in one place. So I love it completely. And of course, uh, yeah, the, uh, the third tool that I also use is just a regular notebook where I have kind of my weekly priorities on one page because I still like to do my thinking on paper. Uh, I'm, I'm a visual <laughs> type. I also like writing journal with a pen. So I have uh, this little notebook, just, just a regular blank notebook, not, not anything like a planner or a type. There's lots of planners online that you can buy and print and so on. I like just a blank not even line, just blank page where I can just doodle and write whatever I want. And I check off my kind of monthly plans, weekly plans. And uh, that helps me do this uh, planning uh, away from my computer. So I can just go set on the balcony or somewhere where I can kind of move out of my office and do this little brainstorming uh, when I'm removed from the computer. So these three things together really help me pull things together and have things organized and do projects in a timely manner. So nothing kind of falls through the cracks. And so far it's been working really, really well. You know, that that's really interesting because those are three of my main tools too. Um, <laughs> I've recently just started using Trello. So let me ask you a question for my personal knowledge and for everybody listening as well. I'm starting a new program where I'm going to have 10 to 12 people in this program. And it's a three month program. Would each person in the program have their own folder? Or would there be one folder for everybody in the program? Uh, do you want other people to have access to other people's, like if they have, uh, is it just a sharing the, is it sharing your kind of content or would there be input on their side? Like would they fill out something? Would there they... would be both. So you could have something for in an individual folder and then you could have something for everybody in the group, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would share things that are in common that you, so your content would be accessible to everyone. So that would be in a shared joint 
stakeholder. Uh, but when it comes to their uh, input, uh, maybe if they want to keep it private, if they don't want to share with the group, then it would be helpful to have them uh, to have their kind of hub where they're they're going to do their stuff without necessarily having to share that with other people in the program. So that's just how I would approach that if it, it for a group thing. <laughs> Well, that makes sense to me, but like I said, I've just started using it, so I haven't figured out all the ins and outs of it. So thank you. That helps me a lot, and hopefully, um, in fact, I had just recommended it to one of my clients last night who needs to get more organized, and I said, you need to go out and find Trello and, and download that and start using it, and so that's it's interesting because I, I've heard so many great things about it that I really want to start using it too. My other comment slash question is I use Google Drive for everything and for these podcasts I have a um, spreadsheet and a form that I use for everybody who wants to be you know a speaker recently and I don't know if it's just me um, it's happening to my assistant as well when somebody tries to access that file that I've sent you with the form on it and they don't have a Gmail address, they can't get in to the form. Hmm. They have to have a Gmail address in order to use that form, which kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, it's not really great. Have you noticed that? Yeah, uh, I think it may depend on how the form is uh, formatted. So I think that may be in the settings of the form itself, uh, whether you want something to be associated with the Gmail account or not. Because some form, there are forms that just let you type an email address and so on. And there are some forms that are kind of, uh, your this account is associated with this email address and we're just going to let the the recipient see your email address. So, you know, that's it how it's beautifully for a year and a half. And then all of a sudden, about a month ago, it just stopped, you know, and I'm going, that kind of messes up my whole process. <laughs> Google likes to change things around. So I would definitely look up uh, whether it's on their like support forums and so on, whether something has changed. And maybe if there was a setting uh, in your uh, in your form that kind of triggers that, maybe you need to replace that with a different field or, or a different function that will allow people, like if you have a place to upload a file, maybe they require that to be, like if you have an upload field, then you need to have a registered Gmail user. And if you just have post a link to your picture or something, maybe that will not trigger that. So uh, maybe that's the, if I remember correctly what the form was, maybe that's it. So yeah, but definitely, and things like these, this happen all the time. Google likes to change stuff around. So that's uh, the, maybe in a month or so, this won't even be relevant. Maybe they'll change it back. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, that's why I kind of, in fact, I had this conversation with somebody I'm working with earlier today who was sending out a, a Google form to a very large population of people. Um, they're, it's for the SBA and they're look, they're going to be having in November, they're going to be having um, 
an entrepreneur day and they're going to be giving awards for different categories and all that. And it's a, and it's a Google form. And I said, you know, you got to be careful creating this form because there've been these changes. And I think as a business owner, not just me, but as somebody who's in business, who's using techniques and processes and tools, they have to be willing to say something may change something may go wrong. I can't just flip out if I can't do something, you know, I'm going to have to figure out what's going on and how to work around it. So, you know, it's a good, um, a good example of what we've had to do to fix the issue because for a while I didn't get any of my forms and I needed forms, you know, so, um, you know, that, that's good to know that things can happen and that you have to be able to get in there and figure out what's going on and just be calm about it and not not worry about things uh, yeah we're actually running out of time so is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience before we go oh wow uh, we talked about a lot of things so i'm not not sure where to where to land this uh but yeah, I mean, a couple of things that just we touched on briefly, but I kind of really want to emphasize, and that is this importance of accepting that growth is a process and that because you see that someone's brand is all shiny and perfect and gorgeous uh, and you look at your own and it's like, yeah, not really, not really there. That's just, just fine. That's how it's supposed to work is usually we compare ourselves with someone who's been in business for five or 10 years and they had a head start. And sometimes they started like before you even had an idea for a business. Like I've been doing this online thing since I was 16 years old. So yeah, I had a pretty good head start. So I don't like when people come to me and, and, and do any comparisons with what I do because the way I do things today is different from the way I did it 10 years ago and five years ago. And it's different from the way I'm going to be doing it in, in five years because things always change. And you are the only person who is the relevant for these decisions. So looking too much to other people and the way they do things may actually block you from doing the next right thing for you. So that would be maybe the most important thing that I would like to leave listeners with it's trust yourself more than you trust other you know online gurus and colleagues that have been doing this for maybe a little bit longer than you everyone business is different everyone is a different person everyone has different goals and maybe you don't want to have like a seven-figure business maybe you are happy with having a more simpler life with uh, having like uh, needs that are realistic that are kind of more manageable maybe you don't have to work as hard as other people but you're going to do things your way and you're going to enjoy your business and your life much more than you would if you were earning however much money the other piece person was earning and had like three assistants or something so that they can help you to work at that level uh, not ev not everyone else's goals are right for you so just keep working at it and yeah, you're going to get there. <laughs> if someone listening to this conversation says, wow, Neela really makes a lot of sense. I would love to be able to work with her. 
what exactly do you do in your business and who are your clients? Uh, so I'm primarily a brand strategist and a designer. So I help clients who are experienced service-based business owners uh, to kind of figure out what makes them special, how they want to communicate, who they want to communicate with. And then I help them transform all that into visuals, including their logo, uh, their website, and all the other marketing materials for digital and print applications. So that's, that's what I'm specialized in. And of course, uh, there's also, uh, I like to help people through my free advice, which I offer on my blog. So there's a ton of content on my blog, even if people are maybe not like ready to start working with me right now, right this minute, I would still be uh, very pleased if you went to my website and checked out my blog where I have like several hundred of articles. And there's also my book, which helps people to do what I do on their own. So if they're in this really early stage of business, if they're trying to figure stuff out, or if they know that they just need a bit more knowledge and they can pull it off, uh, I would recommend my book, The Human Center Brand, which is designed especially to help people in this early stages of business so they can figure out their own brand and they can get started showing who they really are in through the online media and through all the interactions that they have with their clients. And what is your website for somebody? Uh, who yes. Uh, Neldonato.com, N-E-L-A-D-U-N. ATO.com or just Google my name and it'll be the first result. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. That's great. Uh, everybody, I want to say thank you to Neela. This was a fascinating conversation today. I know I got a lot of information out of it. I hope you all did too. And if you enjoyed today, know that there's lots more wonderful exciting information out there on this podcast don't wait till pigs fly we air it thursdays at 5 p.m eastern and i ask that you share it with others you download episodes and you support us by liking the the podcast um, with that i am going to say Goodbye for now. I hope you have a wonderful, productive day and wind up soaring higher. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk again next Thursday. Bye-bye. That's our show for today. We'd like to extend special thanks to our great guest, our sponsors, and our wonderful listeners. Today's show was produced by Scott Card. To find more of Nancy's podcasts and our sponsors, go to don'twaittillpigsfly.com.